0: Hello and welcome to episode 98 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show service-based businesses how to define and grow their business through their brand. And today I am joined by Nicola Peters, systems expert at her business, Nicola Melinda Consulting, Thank you so much for joining me today, Nicola.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you. It's just a really great opportunity. Super excited. So
0: today, listeners, Nicola and I are going to be talking about building your dream team to help your business thrive. And we understand that there can be a lot of fear and resistance when it comes to building a team because it can be really hard to find the support that we want in our businesses letting go of a bit of that control and it's a big leap of trust but of course no one will ever care about your business and the day-to-day more than we do but in order to scale which is on the cards for most business owners regardless of what their vision of success looks like the trick is to build the right team for you and your business so we are going to dive in and have that conversation today Perfect. so Nicola, let's take it back to basics And make sure that we're all on the same page, no matter what stage of business we're at. So in your words, how would you know whether you're ready for a team and what would be that first step for a business owner that's considering it?
1: I think that is a really key question because, you know, first of all, for me to know what type of a team I needed, I needed to know what type of business I was actually going to be building. And that was like key because there are a lot of business owners out there who will just have one or two people supporting them, perhaps with tasks such as social media management or VA work just to get the extra admin off of your shoulders. But if you're talking about scaling and scaling your business with an actual functional team, you really need to know what that business is. What is that vision for your business? What is the business model that you're actually building and moving into And then the next step is actually figuring out what are the roles that's going to be required to support that business model. And so those are the steps that I took for my business. When I sat down and thought it's time for me to get serious, it's time for me to structure my team properly, I had to think about what type of business am I going to have. I want to go into an agency model, but I don't want a huge team. I'm an introvert. I don't know if I would have a breakdown having a team of 50 people. (laughs) Um, So, you know, the great thing is you can build your business as big as you want, right? So we get to choose. But the fact is you have to make that decision. You have to answer those questions. And then once you do answer those questions, then you can really sit down and define the roles, the positions, the responsibilities, and all of that good stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important point, because I feel like there's almost two approaches to building, or when you get to that stage where you're like, I think I need help, I think I need support, I think I need a team. And I've kind of experienced both of them. And luckily, I'm going through the second one at the moment. But originally, the first one for me was, I feel so overwhelmed, and I have no time. And I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to X, Y, and Z. And I really hate this part of what I have to do every day. So the only solution I can think of is getting someone to come in and help me. And the first time that I did that, it was fine. But because I didn't do exactly what you said, it's like, I didn't know what direction I wanted my business to go in. I wasn't quite sure how I wanted my business to grow. I didn't know what the kind of future for team building within my team looked like. So it was very haphazard. And I kind of reached out, I didn't do any form of checks or building for myself, let alone for the person that I brought on board. And it happened twice i think because i didn't learn the first time and because i was in that space of overwhelm i hired someone to help me but i was so overwhelmed that i couldn't take that space to give them enough to be able to help me so i literally added to my overwhelm because i was like oh god now i've got someone else that i need to think about and give them work and it was it was a disaster and it was nothing to do with the people that i was working with it was more all based on me cuz i as a business owner hadn't done my due diligence before I had hired a team member, like outsourced a team member. Whereas this time round, I know exactly what I want the business to build like, I know what I need them to do I know what roles I need support with very specifically and that has meant that I'm able to find the right people with calmness Mm. and even though there's a lot of overwhelming stuff happening because hey we're business owners we have crazy ideas at three o'clock in the morning that we're like always things going on
1: always things going on
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so But understanding why I need someone and what they would be doing very specifically has meant that the whole process has been less stressful, even though it's taken me longer to find the right person. So, yeah. Did you have any kind of mistakes when you were, did you have any like false starts when you were finding team members or were you, (laughs) did you do what you knew you had to?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. So my first experience of having team members on my team came from a place of... I was in a retainer. I was in a a retainer contract and that was going to take up a lot of my time. So I actually brought on two people that I'd worked with, with another client, and I knew that they were just very good. And I brought them into my team. So I didn't actually do like an interview process or anything like that, but I was like, Hey, this is what's happening for me. Can you help me? And one of them helped me with client work. Another one, the other lady helped me with my social media and marketing. So it was very much... Uh, can you just step in and help? And you know, it's pretty much the same as you. It was just a case of I know I'm going to be overwhelmed, so I'm just going to bring you in before that happens or while it's happening. But it does get confusing when you don't have certain things together or you're not ready to show up as the leader in the business. And for me, that's something I had to learn. So you know, contractors as well, they're growing their business and we have to respect that. So if we're growing a team and then you bring on contractors, they may just one day say, hey, I'm now going into agency model and my team is growing. And, you know, it's great. Their business is growing, but it you're kind of like, oh... that's not necessarily what I want. I need something different. And so you almost have to love them and leave them. So that's pretty much what happens. The two ladies that were working with me for a few months, their businesses grew and grew into a different direction. And um, yeah, I just had to like go back to square one. And then I had a VA who I worked with and she was lovely. We almost became like friends but you're my VA. And then that again, it's like the lines get blurry because you have to sort of be, I don't want to say be boss, but you have to be leader. And there is that sort of hierarchy in the terms of I'm still the client. And so even that was something I had to learn how to navigate that. And it's not the easiest thing, especially if you really get on with the person, you like each other and you, you know, you could go out and have a good time. But at the same time, when it comes to work, work is work. So there's definitely been some lessons along the way, I think, it's, it is a learning curve. No one just learns how to grow a business and then great. We magically know how to run a team. (laughs) There's still like things that I'm learning. And, um, you know, I've seen that with clients as well, when they've brought in team members and I've seen how they've gone through that up and down emotional cycle of, Oh my goodness, is this the right person? I just don't know. And you know, there's all of these different thoughts and fears that come up when you're thinking about having a team. Even if you have a great team, it's not a reflection on them or their skill set. It's a reflection of are you ready to have a team and that is an inner work that needs to be done and um, I've definitely had to do that work myself definitely.
0: Yeah it's, it's really interesting because I think there is going to be a huge proportion of people who maybe never had the responsibility of being a team or a leader in their corporate roles before they go self-employed so not only are you needing to learn how to be a good and effective manager boss whatever mm-hmm. protecting your vision of the business Mm -hmm. articulating and communicating what that vision is to other people which is super challenging and then also having to put the trust in them that they get it they understand it and they're going to care about it as much as you do which they can't like this is literally something that you're creating so it's a whole jumble of emotions and I think it's a much more emotional experience than it would be being a team leader in like a corporate job where it's just like I just need to manage my team it doesn't matter if we're friends or not it doesn't matter if you get the end vision like it doesn't it doesn't it's kind of like water off a duck's back exactly. whereas now you're just there. like everything matters so much and that was something that I really struggled with because I, I tried to resist getting a team for so long in the early days of my business and I'd love to know if this is true for you as well because when I first started in my first year I was like if I don't do everything I'm failing as a business owner because business owners do everything.
1: Everything. I I think I resisted it differently. So all of my clients, I work for a lot of agency clients. So I'm managing like all of their teams, and I think I was just at the point of. The thought of having my own team just gave me anxiety. It was like, I don't know. I can barely help my clients. I'm trying to help my clients with their teams and their team issues that I'm like, I now have to do this for myself. I was just like, it's a no. It's a no for now. Like, I just cannot. And I really had to just do the work. And where my business is now shifting, it's almost like we're going to be the team for clients. So it's not so so heavy on client management for, for us. So that has helped sort of alleviate that Pressure, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, in the last few months, it's been me managing other agency teams and doing their weekly meetings and checking in on everyone, and all the and it's just it's timing, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So, you kind of think the thought of doing that for myself feels great, but
0: (laughs) how funny would it be? Is like people are outsourcing their teams to you, and then you're outsourcing your team to someone else, you're like, it's just too much, like,
1: this is too much, there's a lot, there's a lot going on.
0: But I think that that's a really important point to touch on as well, because when we talk about building a team, it no longer is traditional that you need to have employees. You can outsource and you can bring in other businesses that can support your team on kind of like a partnership or a contract basis or however you want to, however you want to talk about it um, or label it. But then, like you were saying earlier, this is something again that I've experienced is like you bring a team member on board and then Having to have those boundaries between work and friendship as well, because I've got a new VA now who I absolutely adore. And I have to keep reminding myself that we need to keep the two the yes. two separate slightly. Like we can chat on WhatsApp about our personal lives and we can chat and everything like that. But when we're having business meetings, trying to keep it to business can be quite tricky. Work is work. Like mm-hmm.
1: I've had both experiences on both sides of the fence. So I've had clients who are friends and I've hired who were friends, people who are friends. It is definitely a fine line. And I would say there's nothing wrong with that, but it definitely works if you both respect the boundaries, like you just have to respect the boundaries. I have worked with clients and we've just said on the call, right. We're going to do business stuff and then it's like get all that stuff done and okay we can just talk like what's going on and you know that's fine let's get all the the important things out of the way and let's focus on what actually needs to be focused on but um you know do I think that you need to build a business with your friends no because I think some people are just like oh well I know someone who can do xyz and I'll just bring them onto my team but the problem with that especially if it's a personal friend as well and I'm really I'm personally quite Quite resistant even though I actually have my cousin on my team now but she's very professional we're both very professional with it but when it's personal contacts and personal friends if they're not in the business and you're just pulling them in and saying hey you could do this like for them they're really not going to grasp like how important it is they're not going to really take it as seriously and you <laughs> you're putting your friendship your relationship at risk I do believe that like really firmly and so if you're coming into my business and you're still a personal contact of mine your training I'll probably be more hard on you because I want you to really get that this is not just key key time we're not here to just have fun and just do a little bit of dabbling of work on the internet it is you know this is my business my livelihood my clients it's their business as well so all of those things are important Um, so yeah there's a fine line but there's nothing wrong with actually becoming friends on your team like that happens as well so have those relationships but I think if you can balance it that definitely incorporates like respect people respect you and they see you as the leader but they also know that there's a time and there's a place to have fun and there's time place to work as well so if you can balance that out in the culture then you're doing a really good job but it's, it's a lot harder than it It sounds. Yeah,
0: yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that the two key things are boundaries and communication is like you need to be able to communicate and you need to be able as the leader in your business to communicate openly and honestly with them. So if something isn't working, you need to be able to have the confidence to address that, whether it's someone that you had a pre-existing relationship with or not. And I think that that also can be quite tricky when it comes to people that you don't know, because like you said, friendships can develop and it can be really, it can be Awkward trying to find someone who, if you're outsourcing work, you can find people who are like, I will do this for you. It's a very factual based, like logically based relationship where it's like, I will do the work that you've given me. I will do it to an excellent standard because a lot of people will. That's why they're doing their own businesses. So, for example, if you hired a VA, a virtual assistant to help you with something and they do that task and send it off and that's it, sometimes that can also feel a little bit weird as a business owner because you're like, well, why don't you care more? Oh
1: my business can I have some more please I need more attention I need more
0: <laughs> right tell me I'm doing a good job and it's yeah. that employee versus um, leader kind of mentality that it's really hard to find that balance with it took me ages to find out where I sat between being an employee and and always looking externally for validation so they're here just a
1: job. they're here you've contracted them they are delivering if there's a if the work is good standard some people really are functional in that sense right they'll just say give me the work they'll do it it's great and they just carry on to be honest I think that's fine for me whereas some people like to have the chats and the the conversations and and all of the things and it's really down to how you work and you can find people that match that energy as well you can sort of meet you where you're at but yeah it's quite rattling at the first um, hurdle when you're like oh is that it okay yeah.
0: it's like oh okay fine I guess thanks but then that's kind of the relationship I have with my accountant so I outsource my accounts and my bookkeeping because I do not want to do that and we get on really really well like I adore my accountant he's hilarious we both share a love of dinosaurs and lego and I feel that that's important yeah. in oh my God, life I love lego yeah <laughs> But it's one of those things where we can have these conversations and I trust him implicitly with his professional advice to my business. We can have a friendly conversation but he isn't someone that I'm going to be sending a 15-minute voice note to about what I had for dinner last night. Oh God, no. <laughs> Whereas my business bestie, who we seem to do a lot for each other's businesses, she'll be editing this episode. Hi, Siobhan. But she also does like copywriting. I bring her on board with client projects, and then she'll refer to me for advice and defer my expertise within her business. And we have a very balanced and fluid relationship where our friendship is always there but we still have those boundaries and those communication skills where we can talk about things when they're difficult or slightly awkward or we need to be a little bit firmer with each other and I feel like that's really really it can only develop over time.
1: Yeah that is a valuable relationship and it does build over trust, like I, my first um, business coach. We're actually really good friends now, and we, by coincidence, have a lot in common in the personal world in our personal lives. But we met online. We met on Instagram. I hired her. I joined her group program, and then she pivoted, and we were kind of building a similar business together work together and we've worked together on and off on and off and even now it's the same as what you mentioned just she'll ask me for advice you know team advice that's been a big thing and now she's had a team I've been her OBM her online business manager so I've helped her with her team and now I'm like talking to her about my team and you know all the things and it's it's really great that type of relationship is so valuable because it is hard to go out here and sometimes you need someone to talk to and you know you don't necessarily need to drop a hefty check to get that advice but you just still need that support someone to say yeah this is kind of normal or talk you down off the ledge when you just think I'm about to just burn it all down yep yep <laughs> i am just done with it <laughs> so and it goes back and forth like you say they'll come to you for advice you can give your advice or just mm-hmm. help them through this their things issues um, and that work that healthy relationship but you know if there's things that I can look to her and I can say hey I might be able to need, use your services it's great and vice versa she's like hey I think I can use your services here great um and so it's just a mutual respect of like yeah how we can work together and how our teams can work together, which it's the best. I love those relationships, they're the
0: best. Yeah, they really are. There's nothing quite like them I and mean, it's never it's it's such a Brucey bonus for something I never expected in running a business was the oh, yes. kind of the quality and the depth and the variety of friendships that I have is yes. absolutely wonderful. It's amazing. I love it. So when it comes to looking for team members, because I know that you've recently expanded your team as well. Well, so one of the things that I found a bit of a challenge, so I'm sure that there'll be other listeners out there, was initially trying to decide whether I prioritised skills, personality, or experience, because I feel like you kind of get like a mix of all of them, but... How do you approach it when you're looking for team members? Do you have specific skill sets that you're looking for? Or is it more important that they fit within the culture of what you're trying to build?
1: Yeah, it's it's a mixture of the two. So the way that I approached it this time around, because before it's always been skills, they need to have this skill set. And that's just been the thing. However, that doesn't always work. And so I've gone back to basics. So I was in a job where I absolutely loved it. And I stayed there because of their culture. They were invested in people. They had great strong values that we could all recite as if it was just like the nursery rhyme of the company. And, um, you know, they did a really good job at indoctrinating their culture and values into us. And I understand why, because we were invested to train, to learn, to be the best we could be for that company. And I've taken a very similar approach for myself. So I wrote down what my values were. I wrote down what my vision was for my business um, and what type of culture that looks like. And one of the things I did when I was going through the hiring process was ask those candidates, you know, what are your values? Because I wanted to see if we would match based on what they would share. Skills was, you know on the list as well. That was definitely on the list because of the type of role I was looking to hire for. Obviously, there's going to be training. You're going to have to be, have some sort of openness to train and give your um, new team member that guidance. But there were specific skills I did need. But for me, it was values. Personality did play a part as well um, because, you know, you can hire anyone who can do certain skills, but doesn't mean they're they're a good person. Um, You have to be a personality fit. Um, So if you've got someone on your team Team who's snappy and you know, or abrupt in their communications? Are they good for client facing? You know, all of these things have to be taken into consideration. I was looking for client facing team members, so how they spoke, how they came across, how they presented themselves, how they communicated that was really important. I don't want someone that's going to upset my clients, like, I need someone that's actually going to look after them, support them. It's not going to be overwhelming if they get asked questions. All of those things matter. And then for the skills, it was really a case of, well, what do I do as a business? I do systems in my business. So these are the core platforms that we specialize in. You need to have that as a skill set that has to be prerequisite, anything around that can be learned, taught, molded, that's fine. But as a prerequisite, you really need to know the basics of these platforms because our clients come to us for those platforms specifically. So that again was part of parcel, but yeah, I would definitely say values went first, personality the skills kind of meshed in as like a high third (laughs) you could do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree and it's interesting because again like reflecting back on my experiences when I was feeling when I was hiring from that place of overwhelm I was so focused on the skills Mm. that I think that as someone who feels like they have quite a lot of personality I found it very difficult to not have someone that I could be excited with and and have these like express these big emotions with and these kooky ideas and have a joke and share a terrible pun and all of this. And they were very efficient and they did everything that I needed them to. And to be honest, they were quite they were kind of what I needed at the time because they were very grounding for me. But when it comes to building the future of my business, I need people who are like vibrant and excited and big thinkers and dreamers.
1: The ideas, yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Who are just like a notch down from where I am so that I can stay tethered as opposed to like pulling me right the way back to the ground because a lot of the things that I want to do are like, I haven't seen them done elsewhere or they haven't been done in the way that I want to. And I don't want someone on my team who's like, well, you can't. That's not what I want. No, you definitely... I need someone who's like, have you thought about... that? it. Yeah.
1: You need your team members to buy in and um, it sounds really cheesy when that you we see it on the online space. Oh, what's your vision for your business? But it's so true because when you know listen, this is what we're building. And this is where we're going. And this is what it's going to be like. This is how it's going to go. You start to get them invested. And as much as you can get them invested without it being their business, they want to see you succeed. Like they're like, They can see where you're going. They can see the vision. They can see what this company is going to turn into. And they get excited with you. Just like you say, like, well, why don't we try this? Like, this is something new or something I've not seen. And it's you need that. And one thing that definitely um, was a point for me was to hire people that I felt could do a better job than me. Yes, that sounds so counterintuitive. And I think a year ago, I would have been really triggered. But now I'm like, no, I want a team that actually could be like, no, you should do it like this, because of X, Y, Z, and go at it, like, just do it. So that for me is so important. And some people might have you have to work on your ego not everyone has you don't have to be the best on your team and I've learned that you really don't and the people on my team are great because that is what they do they're great for a reason and that for me is just gold
0: yeah no I absolutely agree and I think that there's actually a huge merit in being able to take a step back and go I have a gap in my skill base or my knowledge or my (laughs) preferences here So having someone who fills that skill gap, who fills that knowledge gap, who is excited about these things that don't excite me in the same way Mm -hmm. is going to be more of an asset to your business than you trying to fulfill that role or hiring someone because you feel triggered at the fact that you're hiring someone who's better than you in your (laughs) perception. And it is only in your perception because like, they're not better, they're different. They might have the skill set there, but they aren't running a business in the same way as you, so they can support you. And I think that it's it's challenging as well when you think about the future of your business because at the end of the day, a lot of the time we're running our businesses for very personal reasons. And I think that we need to remember that and be very clear that our personal goals for the business, which are usually the overarching huge ones, are not the things that are gonna inspire and encourage and cause excitement for <laughs> the people that we're working with because they have their own huge like personal goals.
1: They have their own ideas, their own things they're trying to achieve in their life so it's a case of people are selfish what can you do for me why should I be invested what what is this vision going to do and it stops being about you it starts being about them you start realizing that actually they're trying to do certain things whether it's in their life whether they're mums that can stay home with their children whether you're helping someone learn um new skills so that they can go off and start their own business or do their own venture you get to be a part of that journey for them them Um, and so it's it's bigger than you when you have a team.
0: Yeah absolutely and that's another thing that I'd love to dive into a little bit as well is when you because this is very much based on outsourcing as opposed to being an employer because I feel like Mm. if you're employing someone it feels like a smaller conversation because there is a lot that you can do there's a lot of support you can offer there's a lot of legal stuff that you need to go through and a lot of business stuff that you need to do. But when you're outsourcing, I feel like there's a whole bunch of other complications to consider, like they are running their own business. Mm-hmm. So one, you need to have the understanding that it's there is every possibility that they're just going to move on at some point And they're going to want to have their own business dreams rather than pursuing yours, because that's probably why they started their business. <laughs> so you know that's always a thing so the day that my VA when she if the day comes where she's like you know what I think that I'm going to be going in a different direction I heartbroken honestly I, I know
1: when you find someone good you're like please don't ever leave me
0: just stay with me but yeah that is something that you need to keep in mind and consider but also something that I love to do is offer support from my area of expertise for them to use in their business as kind of a benefit it sounds really big-headed but I don't mean it in that way but like as a benefit of being part of the team is that we can talk about their business and how they can grow their business as well because like you said it's bigger than you it's for the benefit of your business is why you've employed them or why you're using them as outsourced but you still want to be making it good for them as well and sweetening that deal and helping support them because the more you support them the more they're going to support you it's just collaboration
1: that's it they're not just you know i don't even know what the phrase is but they're not just here to just pile on the work you know we've all been in corporate those settings where you're just thinking is this all I'm good for you know <laughs> i had a, a boss who i used to joke he had a great phrase oh, just one more thing. Just one more thing. That's all he said. (laughs) You know, I literally made a joke to my, one of my work buddies and um, I said, I'll be rolled out on that stretcher. And he'll still be saying just one more thing. Like, because it's just so focused on the work. Lovely, lovely man, but you don't need to be that way in your business. You know, let people know that, oh, we can talk, you know, and I am really transparent with my team. I want them to feel like this is a safe space so if there are anything like issues going on where they do just need that time or they're going to be not working for a time I'm not your boss but just let me know so at least I can support you if I can I can just be there if you just need to talk on a personal level we don't have to talk work if you're about to down tools I'd much rather know and that is just me personally is that you know just as a person I like to know what's going on so I'm bringing that into my team as well let's let's talk about these things if you've got stuff going on you don't have to go into details if you don't feel comfortable but at least just let me know so then I can just make a decision and it's kind of twofold isn't it because you just need to know what you're doing as a business owner but also if there is genuinely something I can do to support something I can do to help I want to be able to do that and so that's really important to just let them know it's more than just Just the work, just that, just one more thing, just the work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a much more personal, yay. It's much more personal when you're hiring team members as an individual running a business because it just, it just is. You can't get away from that. And I think that it would be very easy to fall back for a lot of people to fall back into that corporate mentality of, yeah, but you're working for me and my stuff needs to come first. It's like, yes
1: but no. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way and sadly I think a lot of contractors get burnt through those experiences and I've heard horror stories of how clients have said or treated contractors in certain ways and it's not nice you know people start in their businesses and there's a lot of people that actually don't have confidence in their skill set even though they're up so you can even then just be almost taken advantage of in that way and it, it, yeah it, it's not nice because it's not regulated as well as like in corporate you could go to the union or you could go to HR you know there's no HR <laughs> yeah
0: yeah absolutely you
1: have to make a decision, and
0: it can also be really bad for your business reputation your brand reputation as well if you do treat your employees or your out contractors or your whoever it is you're working with on an outsourced basis or a consulting basis if you were giving them a poor experience of working with you that's going to be quite damaging whereas on the flip side if they have a blast working with you whether they're consulting for a couple of weeks or whether they're outsourcing on a retainer anything like that if they're having a good time they're going to then promote you to their networks because remember they're networking and promoting their own business this is it people talk Don't forget it, people talk good
1: or
0: bad. They do talk good if it's bad, so just remember that. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to talk more if it's bad because, hey, that's just human nature. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So we've talked a lot around kind of the emotional and a lot around the thinking of hiring and building your team, but can we talk a little bit around the practical side? Like you're a systems expert. Let's dig into (laughs) this a little bit because there are a million and one different systems, programs, softwares and methods of kind of helping to manage and run your team on a day to day from a communications point of view. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to practically managing a team, what kind of tips and tools do you tend to use that you found Helpful and beneficial.
1: Yeah. So the the key ones that work really well for me is having a project management tool. I use ClickUp in my business, and that works really really well. And for me, everything goes into ClickUp. If it's not there, then just forget it. So, um, all of the tasks, updates on tasks, a deadline, everything has a date to it. Everyone has an assigned um task in there, and it's organized in the sense of if I'm putting in a task. I'm going to break down what's needed. I'm not just going to put a random title on it and just let you figure it out I'm going to you know actually delegate that task effectively so that you can go in and you can just do the work with minimal support like if you're asking me a question it is really because I've either left something off or you've hit a wall that I did not anticipate coming up and we need to work through that so I'll put everything down if I need to do a loom video looms are amazing for teams just a quick screen recording and they have like a feature on loom where you can create like a team folder so I can actually have like a little team and you can invite them to your folders so you can separate out. So if you have like, you're doing a training library or how you do things in your business, then that's a really cool way for you to just bring that in and just invite your team members to it. Um, And then for communication, we use Slack, which is really helpful. Um, I have like a team Slack channel and they can all just be in there. And that's really just casual. It's just like, how's everyone doing? How's your weekend? I'll share gratitude. I'll, you know, shout out people. And it's just a really great way to keep everyone Together and connected, and then obviously, our clients come into Slack as well. So, the team they're not in every client channel, but they're in the ones they need to be in, so that works really well. But for just being online every day, I can just jump in, share messages, they can share updates, and you can just like talk things through over Slack. And that works. Zoom obviously works perfect for calls. I've got my team are like US and Portugal, and I'm here in the UK, so (laughs) right now, Zoom is like gold in that sense. For emails, Google, that works amazingly just Google and Workspace, Google Workspace. And so, yeah, those are like my key core platforms. We do use some others. So where we share like platform access, um, LastPass, that's another tool. And um, just so you don't have to worry about sharing out confidential information. And so they can just literally have client access for the client platforms that they need access to without anything getting breached or confidentiality getting breached. And that's a huge piece as well. I'm really like please can you log out of things before you log into something else? So tools like Google Docs and Canva could pick up if you're in the the wrong account. So I'm always just like, just be careful with things like that for confidential reasons but that's pretty much the tech stack for managing the team and it works really well
0: yeah it sounds like you've absolutely nailed yours I'm still in the process of building mine so I'm like I'm scribbling away making notes you <laughs> because yeah like I said like before I haven't really I'm I'm developing the way that I want to work with my team and there, like I said there are so many tools out there and it's really hard to try everything to work out what it is that you want to use because by the time you're using something you're like, like, do I just continue since I've put in the effort or how do I do this? So yeah, I'm a lot of the tools that you're using, I use as well. I use Google Workspaces for my emails. I think that's brilliant. I've used the Streak plugin for Google Mail as well, which allows you to kind of organize your inbox, but in a way that you can set up pipelines. So you can set up like, okay, so you've got an inquiry call and then you can move them through to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. But the bit that I love about it, because my inbox is not the tidiest, is if you click on that email address, it will bring up every single email from them in a really easy to read way, as opposed to having to search through your inbox super good and then you can search for like I have my inbox separated out between podcast guests for for this for the brand lounge and clients for shadow cat and then also inquiries for podcasts so it's quite nice to be able to kind of separate it all out and it gives me like it's color-coded guys I love a rainbow other tools that I found really helpful are Trello I use Trello a lot for my planning and my brain dumps because I found that for me, it seems to be the best for both mobile and desktop. So I can be literally sat there making a cup of tea. It happens very frequently. Come up with an idea and I can check it on my Trello board and know that it'll be at my desk when I get back, which is really nice. I love
1: that. Exactly. Just take it from notes and put it straight. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And then I share it with my team member who is based in the States. So similar to you, we're using things like Zoom. We are using Mm -hmm. WhatsApp, but I'm looking at moving over to either Slack or Discord because I think WhatsApp is a wonderful tool and I am quite happy to use it with certain, with business friends and stuff like that. But when it comes to actual work-based stuff, I use Voxer with my clients. Which is like a voice note exchange app for anyone who's listening that's not sure. It's like WhatsApp, but it means that you don't have to share your personal mobile number. So that's quite helpful um, to put that Mm -hmm. boundary in place between you and your clients And then I'm thinking Discord because some of the things that I want to do in the future are much more focused within Discord as a platform. So it makes sense that my team are using it, I guess. And yes, Loom. So for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with Loom, because I agree it's an amazing tool, it's L-O-O-M. And you can record like screen records, can't you? And you can do little talking videos and stuff. And I think you can do up to five minute videos for free.
1: You can. If you have a free account, it's five minute videos and pretty much that's really enough you know unless you're going more in depth but they're really good if you just want to break down a quick process for someone this is how we do this is how we do and you can just build out a nice little training library of videos
0: I've also found it invaluable for when a client comes back and they're trying to troubleshoot something and they're like I'm having problems with this and it's like I can't see what you see so can you do a quick video Uh yeah And then you can see what they're doing. You can troubleshoot much easier and it saves a lot of that back and forth through emails. I feel like because of the pandemic, people are getting a lot more comfortable with video, which is nice.
1: It's just normal now. It's like, yeah, we're all just living on video. So let's just normalize it. But I do the same. I will send feedback to clients using Zoom, or if I've got a lot of like updates and things, I'm just like, I'm just gonna talk to you on video. And they're like, I love this. it is so cool. And it really brings in like the personal touch for them as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And it it gives that it is feeling like you're going the extra mile when actually it's making things simpler for everyone.
1: <laughs> it's a lot quicker than me trying to write this down in a way where you're not gonna ask me a Brilliant questions on the way we'll come
0: back. <laughs> and that's really key. And that's something that you've mentioned a couple of times is about anticipating what the questions are going to be so you can head them off beforehand and building that into your process and having that training resource for your team members. From my point of view, I have like a brand tone of voice document. I have very stringent brand guidelines. Like that's my bugbear from working in corporate and being a des- from a design background. Having those things in place that makes it easier for your team so that when they do become a member they fully understand how the business presents itself how they need to present the business when they're representing it and kind of to get a feel for the culture as well and it just means that they feel looked after from day one and again it's that building that relationship isn't it yeah
1: absolutely and i do like to preempt a lot i think it's important to tr- if you can preempt the training that they may need for their roles the questions that may come up even the questions that they may ask when they're working with you like internally you know where do you save this how do you manage that how would you like me to present xyz they're going to have those questions and before i think i would have been quite anxious about why are they asking all these questions whereas now i welcome it because that i can answer that question and I can put that in place for the next person so then it's just going to get better and better for the next one the next one the next one so it's always thinking well what would I want to know and you kind of take it a little bit from corporate you know if you are starting a new job they bring you through like this orientation the how we use our platforms and what we use and what we use it for all of those things so I think if you can incorporate some sort of a orientation and I did that with my team I just said for the first week I just want you to get familiar with everything dive in investigate get used to it the setup the layout ask questions um, and just take this as like an onboarding I'm not just going to just bring you on board and throw you into the the client work I said no I want you to to know how I do things and then I'm going to drip feed you client work bit by bit and now it's worked and that was good for me to also manage it was it was twofold it was for them I didn't want them to come on feel overwhelmed and get stressed and leave and then for me I didn't want them to come on get overwhelmed and then stress and then they leave (laughs) so it's case of let's just do this so that it's balanced for the both of us and we can actually just ease you in because guess what what's the rush if you're here and you're going to be here for the long term you're going to do well so I'd rather let's do it and do it right and then we both feel like I like working with you and we can just you know take it from there build it from there yeah
0: yeah absolutely and can I ask if you're willing to share did you have like work review processes for those first few weeks when they were onboarding? Did you check everything or did you kind of go straight in with trust and go, you know what, I'm sure they've got this, off it goes.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so I did have a full onboarding process. So when I was going through even the thought of hiring, I actually made sure I knew exactly what I was going to do at each stage. So the recruitment stage, the interviewing, you know, meeting the candidates and then onboarding them. I wanted to have all of that mapped out first and know exactly what it's going to look like. So the onboarding, everything was just put together. Um, and so it was a case of right, this is your first day, go through these videos. And I had videos put together to sort of walk you through this is how I do, da-da-da-da-da. Once they'd done that, we had an onboarding call. So I sat down with them, and that's really where I went more in depth on my company company. company me my background um, and where I'm taking things and it was kind of like getting to know them this is official like you know answer your questions alleviate if you have any fears but alleviate any if you do they didn't but just never know what people are thinking and um, just really sort of give them the heads up on this is what to expect over the next few weeks because I don't want to come across as you know micromanaging but I do want to track your progress over the next next month Um, and so for each team member it was a case of it will be over on the 30-day period and I'll be tracking to see how you're getting on with that and I do believe it's not what you say, it's how you say it. If you say, I'm going to be watching you for the next 30 days and everything you're doing, I want it to be like this. Yeah, people are probably going to be like, Who do you think you are? No. <laughs> but if you're like, I really just want to make sure you're comfortable and I want to support you and I'm here for you. And um, so once a week, we're going to have a call where you can answer any questions. Um, you know, that feels better as opposed to the other one. So I do have like, like a weekly check-in form and again it's just a super like casual what did you do this week what did you enjoy where did you struggle where did you need my help what did you learn um what would you like to focus on what are your goals and focus points for the next week and I'm also trying to prime them to take ownership for their role because at some point I don't I may not be in the mix so that, you know I may not be that person that's going to be answering all the questions so I want you to come to the table and say hey this is what's going on this is what's needed, boom, boom, boom. So it's like that form is almost getting you into that mindset of, yeah, okay, what did I do and how did that go and what would I do differently? And that's a weekly review. So they have that, that comes up. And then every week I also have a reminder that we're going to have a call and we sit down and we just talk about it and talk about where they've been at. And it's worked, I really like it actually. It's worked really
0: well. Amazing, Amazing. yeah. I think that it's important because I think harking right the way back to the beginning of this conversation, There is always that sense of fear and having to give up a level of control when it comes Mm. to hiring someone to support within your business. So it can that can continue through whilst you're like, well, what are you actually doing anyway? What am I what am I paying you for? And it's like, no, 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 we don't want to we don't want to hit on that. So, yeah, I love the fact that you had a full onboarding process. And it's really interesting to me that we, as business owners, will probably have some form of onboarding process for our clients. If you don't, maybe have a look at that. Maybe have a chat Mm -hmm. with Nicola about that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we have an onboarding process for our clients. We should also have an offboarding process for our clients. But how often have you thought about that for people that you're working with collaborating with whatever else like I've tried to go through that process even with the podcast because this is still this is still part of my business and as much as I do this for fun as much as anything else now I still want to make sure that everyone has a good experience whenever they're in contact with my business because it's my brand whether that's a guest an employee a conversation I don't know a cup of tea whatever It's all important, isn't
1: it? It's very important. And the team side is what I think gets overlooked the most because a lot of business owners wait until they're overwhelmed. They wait until they're at the point of, I just don't sleep anymore and I'm on 20 cups of coffee and I just need help. And so you come into this mess and it's like, okay, well, where do you want me to start? And it happens a lot. Me coming from and being an online business manager, I go into businesses to organize them. (laughs) And even with systems, I go into businesses to organize them. And a lot of the time, the clients are looking at me and they're like, can you do this? (laughs) It's almost like I will go into your brain and I will do it. And I do it and I do it well, but I'm also aware that not everyone is going to come into the business and do that you know that's not everyone's skill set so if you have a team that you're bringing on board and let's just say you're hiring another designer or a strategist in your business well they're going to come in and sort of sit there and say well what's your they're going to follow your lead what's your process for doing xyz what's your process for da, da, da? so it's really good to like sit down and, and know how you run your business and know what their their role is going to look like and what those process steps are if you can even in a skeletal form Um, and then let them also build out their own way of working like give that your team freedom to build out their own process of doing things um, and you know give them that power to sort of say well this is actually how it's done you know We might have one idea. They may have a better idea. So there is a give and take there.
0: Yeah, it's really important. I think giving them the freedom to work in their best way. Absolutely. That's where we can be so different to corporate and we can avoid that whole, you know, you're working a nine to five. You're working for someone else. Whereas, yes, you might be supporting someone else's business with the work that you do. But if that business gives you the flexibility to work the hours that you want to, like you were saying earlier, whatever their goals are, whether it's wanting more time with their family, whether it's someone like me who tends to work better at night, which is a fun thing. Thanks (laughs) for that. But whatever it is that gives them the flexibility to still feel like they're retaining control over their work, even though they're supporting you with your business. And I think that that's kind of where a lot of the balance needs to be found.
1: Definitely. And just going back to the point of bringing them onto the team, how you bring them on is essentially setting the tone. You know, we, we go into the client onboarding, oh, it has to be amazing. Well, your team onboarding also should be amazing. It should be welcoming. It should make them feel at ease coming into the company and thinking, okay, Am I gonna do well here? Am I gonna enjoy this? Will I thrive? What will I learn? So bring them in in the same with the same energy. Just use the same energy and also team offboarding as well. Like I feel like team offboarding is a very abrupt thing in the contractor space. It's very much a case of this is your last day, okay, and that's it. It just ends. And I coming from, I only left my job a year ago, so for me, I'm like. Oh, there's no, nothing else. <laughs> it's such a strange thing. So, the same way that I'll offboard myself from client team, you know, from them um, working with them, if you have a team member that's coming offboard with you, you know, try and at least have some kind of a, a closing down with them if you can, or at least just reach out and just a thank you, gratitude, or whatever that is. If you have a team, let the team know and sh- um, say a thank you in shared channels, you know, those kind of things leave a a good taste in their minds and they will go away just thinking oh that was a nice experience it was a good experience hopefully it was a good experience um and yeah it will just close things off quite nicely
0: yeah I think that that's that's a really lovely thing that definitely gets overlooked it was kind of how I felt when I left the corporate world it was very much mm-hmm. like okay you've had it in your notice farewell bye <laughs> that was it like Hand in your pass, you're off. And I have to say that I'm, I know that I've been guilty of not necessarily officially offboarding team members because up until recently, I've only ever worked with people that I had an existing relationship with with so it's not really like they're going anywhere it's just that they're not doing the work for me we're still having the same number of chats if not more yeah it's really interesting but one of the other things that that kind of sparked in my little noggin was that we were talking earlier about how important the good experience is because they'll recommend and refer us but I feel like if you're outsourcing and someone else is running their business one of the best things that you can do is ask them how you can support their business. Like, can you give them a referral? Can you leave them a testimony? Or how can you help them like who are they looking to work with if they're looking for additional clients if they're just starting out anything like that because it is very much a two-way thing um and i think that that's the biggest difference between having an employee that is working for you is the fact that the focus is always on the business as well as the personal like how they're feeling but when you're outsourcing you definitely still need to be mindful of the fact that they are still growing their own businesses so there is very much more of a give and take there So having that communication and those boundaries, but also that understanding that, you know, you can support each other in this.
1: Absolutely. And I, I agree because in corporate, we heard a lot. It's just about the business, the needs of the business, the business, the business. And you kind of sit there and think, what about my needs? You know, I've got needs. So yeah, it's really important. And if it's a case of, you know, asking your team what's your what's your actual overall goal. Even if they say they want to do what you do, don't take offense to that. Like I would actually think, "Oh, maybe I could be a mentor." And it's really interesting because going through the interview process, there were certain people that stood out and I thought, "You're not ready for this role, but you are someone I would happily mentor." And you know, you don't even if they don't come onto your team immediately, still keep those lines of communication open because one day they may be ready to work with you, or you might actually be able to collab together or come back around. Life always comes back full circle. Like it's such a small world. So I always just think just don't park every opportunity just because it's like, nah, you're not right. Think about like what could come up in the future. And, you know, it could just be a case that not right now, but one day at that time. Yeah. And that's as well. So um if you do have someone on your team that wants to do what you do as well, take that as a learning opportunity because guess what, they're going to one day say, "Well, I learned under this person, you know, I learned under Tammy." and that's fine and that's a credit to you to your skill sets, what you've brought to the table for them. Um
0: and it works both ways. So people will, you know, never like reach out
1: to you in the future as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you do have that sense of sticking or ick or fear when you're onboarding someone or you're talking to someone who does something very similar to you, the, yeah, exactly like you were saying, if I was looking for a, a, I don't know, a junior designer or a designer to support me with my design clients, there are kind of two different mentalities you can have. And the first one is like, well, I'm worried that then I don't want to hire anyone too good or I don't want to hire someone who wants to do exactly what I'm doing because I don't want them to copy what I'm doing. I don't want them to take my clients, all of this when actually that's putting you in a very negative space and you're not going to be able to manage that relationship effectively so why are you doing it
1: unless honest where did we all learn because we've taken things that we've learned from our corporate job and incorporated into our business like let's not sit here and act as though everything we're doing is brand brand new we've taken a method or we've learned a framework and we've adapted it to suit our needs or we've found a way to improve it or make it better and there's nothing wrong with that and so if we went into a job you're expected to move up the career ladder you're expected to to up level yourself we're not all going to stay as interns or apprentices or junior levels that's not the goal the goal is for your progression so if you have a team member who comes in at a lower level you also need to have room for what would be their progression plan? Like, what would that look like for them? And they might actually ask you that when you're meeting them. What's the, where do you see this role expanding? Because they're thinking for their own future growth, if you say, well, I just pretty much need this role for the next year, they might think, well, in six months, I want to be here. So if you can't promise me that, I'm going to bounce, you know. Um, And so you can't, um, don't underestimate what people are thinking. They have their own game plan as well. They have their own sort of goals in terms of what they're looking to achieve. So it's definitely, it's a credit if you can think of how you can actually bring people on, help them up level. But if you can retain them at a higher level as well in your team in your business, that's also the goal as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You never want your business to be at the expense of others. Ever, no. and if you do, then you know that's fine. You're just not my, you're not my client. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the best, like these big companies hire the best people. They go to the best universities. So why wouldn't you want to hire the best for your company? Like, yeah, it has to make sense. Let's make it make sense. So. Don't be rattled because, oh, but they're so good and, you know, they're going to want X, Y, Z. That's a good thing. They're going to bring that expertise to your business, which is only going to help you. Your clients are going to be like, oh, my goodness, who is that person? They're amazing. And they're going to refer. So, you know, come from a, a mindset of abundance without sounding too woo, but let's think bigger. Don't be scared because you're just going to hold yourself back. You're just going to hold your business back because if you hire mediocre, then your business, you're essentially self and that's not good.
0: Yeah. And how stressful is that going to be for you as a business owner as well? When you've got these massive big goals and you're like, oh, I'm not going to hire the people who are actually going to get me there quicker because I have fear.
1: The math isn't math. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, let's not do this. This isn't the way for it. Awesome. So let's start to wrap this up so is there anything else from your experience either recent or from managing other people's teams anything like that that you feel is really important to be aware of for someone who's considering how to build their dream team
1: I definitely would say um okay so first of all I want to recommend a book that I um it's like my bible um it's a book called Traction t-r-a-c-t-i-o-n by Gino Wickman it's absolutely incredible Incredible. And it really guides you through the process of building your company and basing that around your vision, around your goals for the next five to ten years, which sounds super scary, but guess what? That time's gonna come. Um, but how you can really go through a process, he has a framework in there of building out your company vision, your values, your culture, and how to build a team in alignment with all of those things as well. And it literally is a game changer. Like I would 100% recommend buying that book, get the hard copy, write the notes and incorporate that as well. And that for me has helped so, so much. I think the next tip that I would say, if you're thinking about hiring a team you haven't yet prepare first, get your processes together, get your processes in line, map them out, document them, make sure you know how things are being run in your business, because you will be asked a million and one questions. And if people are just coming on and just doing things, and then you're going to have the stress of, oh, but that's not how I do it. Well, then you need to tell people how you do it. So have your processes noted down, make sure they make sense, make sure that they are clear, prepare for that role, know exactly what the responsibilities are going to be if it's going to be a client facing role what does that look like in a client it's a client facing um, perspective if it's not a client facing role how is that responsibility how is that role going to be managed internally are you going to be quality checking the work do you need a project manager to be the the gap the go-between between you and the team and there's nothing wrong with that if you need that person um, but you really do need to figure out your structure first and then prepare um, and then the actual process of hiring I sat down and I really thought about okay how am I going to do the interview process how am I going to do the the hiring process what kind of questions do I need to ask like what are the key things that what really matters how am I going to vet these people who are potentially coming into my team Um, so really sitting down and doing that work and it, it feels like a lot but Hiring the wrong person is so costly, (laughs) so so costly. Um, I would 100%, I'm so glad I've done that work, and now it's a case of I know exactly who I'm looking for. So, even if I don't go through a formal recruitment process per se, I if I see someone that I'm like, oh, you would actually be a perfect fit for my team, it's because I already know what's going on in my team. So, definitely prepare first. I would 100% say that.
0: Amazing. That's fantastic. There you go, listeners. You've got a full process there on what to look for and what to build out for your (laughs) own team. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up there for today because I feel like that is a huge amount of information. Where can the listeners find more of you online?
1: Yeah, they can come and hang out with me on Instagram. Um, My handle is Nicola, N-I-C-O-L-A, Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, Consulting. Um, You can come and find me over at Instagram, Nicola Melinda, a consulting and I am just there that is where I hang out the most I also have a Facebook group
0: She Talks Systems and you're welcome to come and hang out with the Facebook group amazing as always all of the links will be in the show notes below I will also find the link for that book recommendation and pop that in the yeah. show notes so if you're listening to this listeners you can find all of those links below and you can go and find more about Nicola check out that book all that good stuff thank you again so much for joining me today Nicola it's been absolutely delightful it's Been
1: so much fun thank you so much for inviting me on I'm really really glad we
0: had this conversation me too I feel like I, I always feel like I've got so many notes after these episodes I yeah this was wonderful <laughs> so listeners be sure to come back here on Thursday when Nicola will be sharing her business journey so far into her brand story episode so pop us a subscribe so you don't miss out on that one and until then I would love to know how you feel about building a team what stage you're in your business, whether it's something you've considered before and how you feel differently after listening to this episode today. So come on over and join in the conversation in our community on Instagram. And as always, I will see you in the Brand Lounge.